0: Hi there, you're listening to Richard Herring's let Square Theatre Podcast, and my guest this week is Hal Cruttenden. It's a lot of fun, I hope you enjoy it. Um, we, there are six more to come in the series, including this one, um, so those will go out over the next few weeks, and uh, after that there'll be a little lull in the audio ones uh, until we return in June. Uh, If you like these podcasts and want to help support us, one great way of doing that is to come and see us live. Um, It's lots of fun. You get to see and hear all the bits that get cut out because they're too contentious. There's not a lot of bits, but there's some quite good bits that people who are at home have missed out on. Uh, And uh, I think there's just a better atmosphere. You get to meet the other nerds. Uh, in the army of nerds that I have uh, it's quite a fun social occasion and it's be back on Monday nights uh, in 2016 which is its correct time slot meaning we can go on for as long as we want um, do two a night that's a secret they don't tell anyone and uh, they you know they can last ending up to three hours or so uh if you're out of town, it's a little bit tricky to come along, but it's a Monday night, Leicester Square Theatre. Go to the Leicester Square, go to leicestersquaretheatre.com and you can already purchase tickets. They're already sold about 50 for the first show on June the 6th. So that gives you an idea that it might be worth getting in there early. Some big guest names hopefully coming up in the next series might include Dawn French, Vic Reeves, Grayson Perry, who had to get bumped by his own volition, Last time we will hopefully be coming back. And uh, lots of other quite exciting possible names in the frame. Uh, so it's worth booking ahead, because when they announce names like that, they do sell out straight away, so you can beat the rush by taking a punt and guessing which one there will be on it. Uh, but as I say, I hope they're all fun, uh, even the names you may not have necessarily heard of before. And anyway, let us crack straight on. theatre.com if you want to buy tickets to that. Or indeed to uh, Happy Now, which will be on Leicester Square Theatre in the second week of February. Let's crack on. Here it is, Raha Luster Pa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. He didn't want you to look at him, but now he wants you to look at him, it's Richard Herring. Thank you very much, hello! Thank you. Hello, welcome to uh, the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, my name is Richard Herring, this is Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. George, someone's down at the, uh, the Apple store. Uh Oh, the cool kids hang out now, and a, a lot of them were calling it uh, a that's, that's, that's interesting. There's a lot of cool kids in. So um, <laughs> let's have a look what's been going on this week in the news. Uh, it's uh, uh, Jed Jed Bush. This is the week that Jed Bush uh, said uh, that if he could travel back through time, he would kill baby Hitler. He, which Jed Bush's name, isn't it? But it's uh, it's uh, that's foolish of him. and He accepted that that would have knock-on effects, but he still thought it was worth doing. By doing that, Jeb Bush has just consigned all of us to not, never exist. So that is, we should not be, because if Hitler dies, then the whole of history changes. None of I think a lot of you think that if you would be here, whatever happened in history. That is not the case. If you change one thing in history, everything changes. Different people meet each other. Especially if you kill Hitler, he changed a lot of things. There'd be a lot of people alive who weren't alive. So he's an idiot, is basically what I'm saying. Uh, and uh, uh, I was watching that, have you seen the Jack Black and George Clooney uh, Nespresso advert in which uh, Jack Black's drinking, he, he realised that drinking Nespresso he gets a tip from George Clooney that drinking Nespresso is a great great way to meet girls and then, and then at the end he drinks one and a girl comes up to him and then he looks at George Clooney and George Clooney goes and then pulls a really disgusting old man face but it's like yeah that's right we trapped another woman, we trapped her we got another one. Well done, Jack. It's not all about ta- chatting to them. It's trapping them. It's, I think they're saying that Nespresso is hypnotic. I think, that's, I think that's what they're saying. And if it isn't, let Nestle sue me, if that is not what they're saying. Uh, and I've, I've, I've enjoyed my walk up to the left square. And, and what I've noticed recently is, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of terrible things happening in the world, obviously, and uh, with a lot of fear going on. And um, I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, the police in Britain have got a way to combat Everything that's going the awful. Uh, they've started in Leicester Square. In Leicester Square, they've started putting policemen on steps, which uh, so they can see slightly further than they would have. they on it. If you go out there, there's 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 on a step and they can look around. I feel a lot safer now walking around Leicester Square. Uh, and I understand why Eminem. I'm, I'm getting very cross about Eminem World. I don't understand why that's there. Well, M&Ms aren't a British thing. They shouldn't be in Leicester Square. They're not even popular in England and Britain, I don't think. They've hardly ever been... If it was Smarty World, I'd, I'd be happy with that. That's what we have. Yeah, it's always full of people buying... I mean, it's ridiculous. They aren't that nice. How can there be a whole shop just for M&M's? You can't start doing that. And it's always full, but it's always, I guess it's always full of tourists who go, oh, we like M&M's, so there's a shop about m oh, no? okay, just me. Uh, it makes me very angry. Anyway, I am going to introduce, hopefully our first guest, he was on the loo, but hopefully he's, uh, <laughs> hopefully he's off the loo by now. He's probably best known. He's run out for a lot of things. He was, of course, a schoolboy and a married man the 1990s, when he was a schoolboy I'm guessing, Uh, he was young Hugh in Mrs Dalloway, a proper film, (laughs) Uh, and of course he was the bearded applicant in Shackleton, will you please welcome Hal Grandin ladies and gentlemen, it's Hal Grandin, here he is, coming in, welcome, sit down, lovely. That's very nice. And so I'm actually
1: secretly quite proud of some of those credits. You should be, they're good. Do you know who was? I was in the scene with in A Married Man? I don't. Anthony Hopkins. Bloody hell. Yeah. Was he wanking? I'm not impressed name? at all. <laughs> I was 13 years old. Yeah. It was hell- I mean honestly if that, I, I really want to be able to sort of, I wish I could show you the video because you would piss yourself. Can you yeah. imagine this voice unbroken?
0: It's like up here, hello sir
1: I can't show you where to go. It's like that and he's going and I'd just seen him in The Elephant Man yeah. and I was slightly thrown. Uh, and I had to do 12 takes for the first thing I ever did on TV <laughs> I because I, I was so bad. I was so like, oh, Mike kept hopping from foot to foot.
0: I bet he gets that a lot, Anthony Hopkins. I bet people just going, ooh, that's you. Yeah. yeah, sure, we've got to act now. Ooh, it's exciting, you're in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, so <laughs> I, know. I know. You did have this, you had quite a long career as an actor before, and you went to... Mm, Drama school. Well, I retired
1: at thirteen, <laughs> right? <laughs> because I hated being a young actor. It was my sister was a very successful young actor or act- Is it wrong to say actress? I'm no, really not sure of this now. It is now, but, yeah. but okay. Um, but so, late. I really did. It's one of those things that makes me feel really old because it was okay 25 yeah. years ago. We go, oh, actress, right. You know, but now you feel like an old buffer saying. But she was like a young actor. She was in, she got a very big agent when she was 14. She did a film called, do you anyone remember this? Patang Yang Yeah, do. And she was Anne Lawton, who was the girl who the boy fancied in that. It was the second day of Channel 4. It was, you know, I remember. The him. kids are going, Channel 4. Channel 4 once didn't exist. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it was the second day in 1982. And she was 14 years old. And she was the girl that he was in love with. And, um, um, and she got a massive... And, she, and I, was, I was. just had the most amazing time at school because I'd just started a new school and all these boys would go, that's your sister. And they'd they try and get me to go home and get her to sign stuff and wow. give me their her, her number and stuff. And I was willing to prostitute my sister <laughs> for any sort of attention I could get. But I hated it. I hated it. It's horrible being a child actor. It's a horrible... It's easy to get jobs, but people... You know that everybody hates you, that you're a twat. You know... <laughs> you
0: know. Well, also, a lot of child actors go off the rails, and, it, and it, but I think because, it, especially mm. once they become massively successful and really famous, if, I think it becomes very hard to cope with the change, and I think if you're young and you yeah. get used to that. I think oh, That's my theory. About, I mean, it's, not, I know, it's a bit of an obvious theory, but but you did go to, you went to drama school well, after I went that. To, yeah, then, then I went to
1: university and realised, oh, God, I really do want to be an actor again. <laughs> so I went back to drama school at, like, 22 and... Uh, and did three years and then left and struggled with odd little parts. So, yeah, it wasn't very successful, my acting. And I'm brilliant. (laughs) That's how tough... I think I'm really good, but
0: quite hard to cast. What about when you were the bearded applicant in Shackleton? Well,
1: yeah, bearded applicant. Do you remember, I actually can't watch the whole thing because I'm too jealous if I've not made it to a bigger part (laughs) of the film. So I've watched up to my bit in Shackleton. (laughs) Or I have one scene um, and... It was, uh, I'd, I'd gone, I'd auditioned for the role of somebody who was going on the trip with Shackleton, the artist, or something. I can't remember the name of the character even. And I failed to get the part, but they said, We want you to play this part of Bearded Applicant. Um, <laughs> it's a really funny, but it's a really sort of well, he's got a big yeah. beard and stuff. And weirdly, I was with. Uh, Kenneth Branagh was the, was obviously playing Shackleton in the scene, yeah. and I'd been in the West End with him when I was twelve in another country, the play. Oh yes, and he, and he hadn't seen me in all that time. He went, oh, don't we, and we knew each other quite well, right? Um, and I went, "Yes, I'm, I'm the, the, the little twatty kid, and now how old am I?" Yeah. But again, and, and, and I said at the time I was a stand-up. I'd started being a stand-up, and I went, "I'm actually a stand-up now." So that's why I've only got a small part because <laughs> I'm very very busy. Um, <laughs> So and then him to me, he actually said to me oh stand up that's a brown pants job love thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is like being Maggie Smith or something it telling is, anecdotes amazing. of
0: actors so <laughs> but you failed the audition for the part you wanted to get and then you got the part of someone who failed to get on the thing you so, so you get were, on you on were, were very good at failing exactly. to get in there failure the, was uh, my thing, thing. So is, yes. it, he can't do that part but he's very good at not yeah. getting on, on stuff but I think we must we must have
1: it. But don't you think that is what st- what stand up is all about being a bit of a failure? I well, think.
0: Well, I think up to an extent. I mean, acting's yeah. hard. I mean, I I've done a couple of auditions recently, and it's just I feel and I've done been auditions on the other side when I've auditioned people f- yeah. to be in things, and you know it's sort of, there's so much luck in it, and there's so many parts you go oh it could be either of them we don't you know so it just goes down to yeah. almost tossing a coin because it's, it's ridiculous. But it's so you know nowadays you go into a room sometimes it's just. They Film you, and it's just someone operating a camera. They don't yeah. give you any direction, and so you you try and act into a camera. I had to be a, I had to be a, a dwarf who was an actual had this thing about dwarfs and giants, but they were all actually average height, but they'd just got into two factions of dwarfs and giants. So I had <laughs> to play I had to play an average-sized dwarf, and then I also auditioned for an average-sized giant. <laughs> it was quite nice to, you know, those are roles. I mean, I might get into a dwarf. I could be in The Hobbit uh, if I'd, you know... You would have been good at The Hobbit. I, could in I mean, you're Hobbit. not tiny, but you've got no, a I'm, I'm stocky small little... Oh, thank sorry. you. <laughs>
1: no, stocky, doesn't mean,
0: stocky doesn't mean fat, but no. kind of... No, I know. Yeah. I think you have to be five foot seven or under, which I... Might be. Uh, <laughs> might just about be. Uh, but uh, we was just, just briefly touch on this backstage, but, you know, you've, I think now, pe- now people know you, you're on TV, you've done Live at the Apollo and, mm. you know, lots of telly stuff, and uh, you get this feeling that you're, uh, you're an overnight success. But, again, you've been doing stand-up for that s- since the 90s or just the early L- late 2000s? Late 90s, yeah.
1: yeah, I first did stand-up.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's taken me ages. And yeah. I'm not, you know, I've, I've got...
1: Uh, it's all degrees. I've never, I've never had that moment in my career where I've gone... Tonight has been the most amazing night Mm -hmm. of my life. I I must admit, first time I I did Live at the Apollo... When you, it's such a frightening gig to do because that bloody great screen comes up and you walk through smoke <laughs> to walk out and it's really frightening. And um, and it went brilliantly. And that is the one time I did. I went home and went to bed and I couldn't sleep. I was lying in bed going, I'm amazing. <laughs> um, I'm going to be such a huge star. But actually, nothing ever goes like that. No. All tea, nobody, you know, no. Hardly, people used to do royal variety and be an overnight success. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't happen. You do royal. Var- I've done royal variety a couple of times, and it's just—it's good. It's nice. It's another little stepping stone. But the whole thing is us pretending that we're sort of—it's like a duck thing, isn't it? That we're serenely on the pond, going, <laughs> it's wonderful being this career? It's so easy." And actually, we're all paddling furiously to yeah. keep getting attention, keep getting on stuff, keep you know selling tickets or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's well, it's
0: very difficult. You won the best newcomer in two thousand and two yeah, in Edinburgh, exactly. so that kind of gives you an idea of how how long that has taken. i have be going about four years then <laughs> as well. Well, any anyway, newcomer as i've discussed it's a kind of weird uh, category because like you can be been going for 15 years in in a double act or a triple act and yeah. then suddenly you're a newcomer and it's sort That's what Mickey
1: Flanagan played it so well like that Mickey Flanagan for ages was on the circuit yeah. took ages to go to edinburgh did his first edinburgh show he he was much more experienced than He'd been going about eleven years. Yeah. Went up there and was just fantastic, and then, you know, and then just kept doing did Edinburgh a very, very sort of intense period, and then took off. And yeah. is now, you know, but for years people went, "That guy's brilliant. Why is he not, you know, doing big shows?" Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, uh, so you're touring at the moment uh, with it's, it's straight out of Cruttendon. Is that your current tour? straight out of Cruttendon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think my titles are hilarious (laughs) and
1: people say yeah it's a bit bit I've got a DVD out of my last tour that's coming out um, and that was called Tough Lovey which I think is brilliant. As a, see, I think that deserves so much more. <laughs> <laughs> tough Lovey is brilliant, but straight out of Crutton. Yes, tough. it's the same... It's a similar theme. The theme is sort of that I'm a bit of a softie, but I've, I'm always trying to be hard. Yeah. And Tough Lovey was a bit like that, and straight out of Crutton. And then, it's sort of also about the fact that I've started listening to gangster rap in my mid-40s <laughs> again. I don't know if anyone, has anybody had that, of going back... You know, when I was 1920, I listened to NWA and Public Enemy, and I downloaded them earlier this year and just listened to them in the car and go, fucking yes. Just... Yeah, pigs. You know? Yeah,
0: and... yeah it's, it's called a midlife crisis. They don't really say pigs, today.
1: But I do... I actually... I don't hate the police, but I do... No. Yeah, that song, Fuck the Police, used to be... <laughs> were you at college
0: then? We used to play um, at the end of an evening. People put Fuck the Police on and yeah.
1: go, yeah, we're all so angry and middle-class yeah. young kids. <laughs> yes!
0: <laughs> I was sort of in between that punk and that. I was sort of in a no-man's oh. land in between, I guess, uh, a, bit, a, bit, a bit earlier. I, all I remember is the House Martins being very big. Yes. But, so that, was, that wasn't quite the same. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was, I've never been that much into music. But, but it's... Um, I don't. Know, it's, sort of, it's interesting because I think you. It's it's fine. You know, having read about you, is finding that kind of your persona on stage, and you're sort of mm. talking about it'd be nice to be a political comedian, but you don't want to do the reading. I think I said. Yes, you, it's, like, it's a lot of effort.
1: <laughs> yes, it, it, Well, I, I you see. I did do politics at university, yeah. but I now that's only made me aware how little I know about everything, and that I'm very stop and start with. You know, I, I, and I think loads of us are. God, you you just have to look at Facebook and Twitter to see the utter bollocks that friends talk. About politics. I mean, we are. I'm so scared about the EU referendum because I don't know what's right and wrong. I mean, we are. I I, I know this is really anti-democratic, but that's the disaster of democracy that most (laughs) of us are thick as pig shit and really badly informed about politics, and we are making these decisions. Well, we must trust the people, but we know fuck all. You know, it's it's really dodgy. So, uh, so. yeah, so so I I am lazy about politics stuff. I th- I think I zip. Uh, I think my stand up now is a sort of amalgam of what I am. I think most stand ups. Want to reach a point where you are being as true to the person you are off stage as you are on stage, yeah. and I think when I started for a long time, I was very hello, just going to please you? And <laughs> well, aren't I cute? I've got a funny face. Am I gay? No, I'm not. You know, <laughs> stupid. I used to watch. I watch myself walk out on the Royal Variety 2009 or Ma- McIntyre's Roadshow, and even and I go, you fucking twat. <laughs> I can't bear that kind of oh, <laughs> and so I think. No, but I still have that. You know, I still. Hold on. Was, still, that, was
0: that you or Michael? You. Were doing no. no, no,
1: no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just discussing this on Gabby Ross's thing. I love Michael. I, I'm a big defender. I'm a big defender of any. Co- I know mean, people who slag off certain comedians. It really annoys me because I think there are most people are fantastic at what they do. Yeah. And you just have to concentrate on what you're doing and not go, oh, I'm, oh I don't like him or I like him or I like that style or you know. Um. So, but, but I. I do have that thing of one... I don't know. But I get compared a lot to Michael McIntyre, but I I don't mind that. But I do think I'm very different to him because I'm like him, but I'm very unhappy (laughs) that I'm at... I think he genuinely is a fun... Upbeat guy and he's brilliant at observational comedy. I tend to go on and have a lot of issues. I'm like yeah. him, him with problems. I think.
0: But I, think, I suppose why it's quite interesting is that a lot of middle there's a lot of middle class comedians and a lot of mm. them are pretending not to be middle class or you know or, or, or you know better choosing yeah. to weigh it in a different way. Whereas you've sort of embraced who you are and you've embraced your middle classness in those. In yes. That way, would you say?
1: Yeah, but I think you it really annoys me when people hide from it. Yeah. And a lot of us are hiding. You know, when we think about what middle-class Britain is, I don't know, I don't know how you define middle-class, but something like 60% of Britain is middle-class. About 20% of Britain thinks they're middle-class. Yeah. Everybody wants the working-class identity. i fucking love it as well. It'd be brilliant to be... You know, I'd love to go, yeah, I've actually, you know, suffered and stuff. No, I've had a very cosy, lovely life. But loads of people have had that, and I can't bear them pretending they haven't. So I think it's better to go on stage and discuss how much you hate yourself for being... <laughs> That cosy middle class, know nothing, haven't not lived in the real world, little bastard.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think mean,
1: so much self hatred. It's it's bad for me. I'm still too early for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. But I mean, I think that's what. As I'm a middle class person, and I, you know, it's, I feel like it, there's some people saying, oh, you know, we we can't judge people. Everyone's going to be treated equally. But then they're very happy to judge. You know, in, in an opposite. If if it's not, you know, if you're saying everyone's equal and everyone has to have the same respect. Yeah. That, but they don't give that respect to a certain group of people in, in, in turn. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that very no. well. Do you know what I mean? No. What? what
1: who what do they, they give the respect to?
0: Well, you know, it's just like going, oh, you, must, you mustn't judge someone from where they come from and you must. everyone must be treated yeah. fairly. But then they'll be ha- they wouldn't let you do that about working class people saying we're talking about class, but they're happy to go, yeah, but middle class people are all pricks or people who went to public school are all pricks yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah, uh, whereas it's that is, if it's not, if it's not your own choice, it makes me angry when it's not. People who went to public school, it's not their choice. No, so it's not really fair to judge them. Someone by that.
1: No, exactly. You shouldn't. And did you go to public school no, then? I did. Yeah, see, I, I did. hate all people who did. No, know I, know. I did. <laughs> I did, but I'm, I'm uh, but I'm thoroughly <laughs> ashamed, um, and as one should be. Yeah. I think it's a completely immoral system. But, um, but. But I think you should. But yes, you can't. Yeah, you can't judge people for that. But also, you should also be prepared to take a bit of stick for it. <laughs> you should be prepared to have a bit of stick that you were. You were. You know. Oh God, you're. You know. Yeah. I have once I was in a class size of, of twenty. It was far <laughs> too many. You know. Um, the fact you've had that slightly easier time. I wasn't yeah. very bright at school, and they got me to a decent university. That was money bought that, and that's wrong. And I'll live with that for the rest of my. F- no. I'm so bitter. I really am.
0: You were at school. Were you at school with George Osborne? or just the same school as. I was to
1: at. I wasn't in the same year. I knew him. Yeah. He was a couple of years below me, but he used to turn up to the, um, to the debating society, and he was the young little prick going. I think I've got him. <laughs> um, can you imagine him? He's exactly how you'd imagine. He was sort of, <laughs> tubby and little thirteen-year-old kind of Gideon Osborne. He was Gideon. I don't know when the George happened because they've I mean, they tried 13, to
0: rebrand him to make him more. You know, but. To make him more electable to the public, I suppose, yeah. but then he's still the same person, so yes. it doesn't really matter. It's, at least Gideon would give him a, like an element of "oh, that's interesting." He's yes, got a quite an interesting name. No, it's weird, isn't it? But he, but I just no, I have vague memories of him. There
1: were lots. Of, that's the other thing about some of those. Like my school was very academic. St Paul's produces these people. Like a, a very good friend of mine is now. Well, a very good friend. We fell out over a girl at fifteen, but we were good friends at school. I should have stayed in contact with him. Became. I think I was. I think it was the morning I was moaning about not achieving stuff in life, and my wa- my wife brought me the paper in bed, and it plugged in front of me, and it said J- it was James Harding has been is the youngest ever editor of the Times, right. and he was my best friend when I was fourteen. I was like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: and he's now head of BBC News or something. There's another Tory, uh, Ed Vasey is, was a year above me. There yeah. another Tory. They're all Tories, and I think it's because I didn't concentrate that I'm not a Tory, because they're obviously. <laughs> They're obviously trying to turn you into <laughs> Tory ministers and I was just <laughs> pissing about
0: and came out kind of a lovely liberal lefty kind of, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but your break into stand-up came when you were working for the BBC as in, tra- doing traffic reports, is that right? That, how yes, that, I was... How uh, did that leap
1: occur? <laughs> um, it was a guy called David Klein who... Still, he still lives near me, I think, West London. But he... Um, I was work. I, I was working, writing, reading, and writing traffic reports. You'd get on local radio, and you'd be writing the stuff for Five Live and Radio Four, and all oh, the A40s really busy, and you'd mainly be writing. Um and I do the odd broadcast, you know. And people say to me, oh, did you put in little jokes in your travel broadcast? <laughs> you go, no, because often people don't want that when they're in a 10-mile tailback. Oh, how hilarious. So, you know, let's do a joke. about. Oh, look, you see, she's too angry. Um, <laughs> because, it, you know, you can't make jokes about car accidents. People have died and stuff, so yeah. you can't, you know... Um, but I used to do that, and a guy I was working with, we used to always be chatting in the in the um, uh, in the office, and, the, and he said to me, "You should do stand up." And he was starting doing stand up himself. He was doing a little stand up comedy course, workshop thing, um, Jill Edwards course, who now does yeah. something in Brighton. And this used to be at the City Lit, and all these. And he was, he said, "You should do this," and it really, it, I'm, I do remember that thing of going, "Oh, that would be good," because I'd like to do one man shows as an actor, because I was trying to be an actor, but working in BBC because I wasn't getting enough work, and. Um, and I remember going down to sign on at the city lit to do stand up comedy, and I'm—I do remember that fateful thing of walking there, going, "This is this is it. This is <laughs> this is going to be something." Because I just—and and all the people that encouraged me to do it and who were in that group who took me to my first gigs—and I was a neurotic as I always have been. I always go, "Oh, I don't want to do it or be scared or oh, I'm going to get heckled." I'm the only one that kept going because I did do it and go, "This is it forever. At last, I found." I found some way of making all my crap weak things powerful, Yeah. and that's what I love about comedy. That it's that it's that thing of going. I can be a silly, camp, round faced man, and that's a weapon in comedy. That's not a weakness anymore. Yeah. And I can be a you know. So so, I. It was a sort of revelation moment. I so did. do
0: you think you would go? I mean, if the, if the right acting thing sort comes along, will you go back into acting, or are you do you see yourself or do you see yourself as a stand up now who wanna um, do a bit of acting if that
1: came? I. I th- I don't know, because I'm so obsessed with money that <laughs> <laughs> it depends what somebody offers. You know, if you've got a Hollywood movie, of course I yeah. do it. Um, but no, if I could only do... I, I was thinking a bit like this. I would like to do, still do bits of acting, and i do odds and ends. Um, but if there was only one thing I could do, it would be stand-up. That's so much more fulfilling. But acting, the lo- wonderful thing about acting is you are in a team, you are working with other people, because stand-up does... You know, if you're already a self-obsessed person, it makes it so much worse, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know if you found that. I think it, you're so... Like the fact you can ask me a question and I can talk for 25 minutes. <laughs> you're so obsessed with yourself and it just makes you worse. It makes... You know, that sort of... That thing of standing there with a the microphone and talking to a whole crowd of people who are generally being quiet is how I'd like everybody to be socially. <laughs> when i <I'm>, You know... <laughs> I'd love to go to a party and go, right, OK, you won't be talking anymore, it'll all be me. Um, LAUGHTER so it just, it just, yeah, it suits me much yeah. more. But I love, I love doing the odd bit of acting. Yeah, it yeah. would be great. To, I'd love to write, a, you know, I'd love to write a sitcom and star. But well, you've it. done it a sitcom
0: work. on Ready for? Right? Yes. Did you write that as well? Yes. Yeah. With
1: Dominic Holland. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. right. Yeah.
1: And that was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I'm saying it to was brilliant it. to do. It was amazing. <laughs> it was okay still. I was the best thing in it, but um, <laughs> no, but it was. It was so wonderful. All these people coming in, people like Ronnie Ancona, who yeah. was brilliant in it, um, and and uh, Anna Crilly, we got, and Dominic, and uh, Ed Byrne was mm. was Fergus, the this, the Irish friend, and just people that all came along and did it. And it was, it, it there was something really special about working with people and having them say your lines and go this is funny yeah. go, oh, God, I'm working <laughs> with other comics liking your stuff it was brilliant
0: and so you, you mind your own family quite a lot you, you do stuff yeah. about your wife a lot and so yeah. is, it, is, is, it, is it kind of difficult to I mean we all, I mean, everyone does that and is it, is, is it a fictionalised account of your family or is it fairly true to life um, and does it lead to problems do you know this line? is
1: really bad a mum at my kids school was a bit <laughs> off with my wife when she first met her and the second time they met she got chess my wife and she went I'm so sorry, I was a bit off with you, because from your husband's stand-up, I thought you were going to be really frightening. <laughs> but my wife is quite frightening as yeah. well, but only if you really know her well. She's not. She's lovely, But yeah. and I, I stereotype that Northern Irish accent, which does... She does I mean, we discussing this with the kids, that they are much more frightened of her than they are of me, and all those things are true, yeah. and she is quite a tough disciplinarian and things with the kids. But but I, I've turned her into a bit of a monster, so I'm trying to now be more honest <laughs> about her.
0: Um, but She I'm, got I'm, angry with you in real life, and that's why you're trying to back off. Yes. Well, oh, this is the only place you can say those things. Yes. You're safe. <laughs> we can't get you from here. She has
1: said, I am a bit fed up. You are yeah. it's just constantly that I'm this kind of... <laughs> of you know. but I, and, I'm te- and it's racism. We have Northern Irish people
0: here. We won't let them in,
1: House. No. <laughs> but it is i mean i am using <laughs> i am using her northern irishness to yeah. just to, to to make jokes about it but it is funny it's a funny scary accent when it's being <laughs> shouted at you it really is
0: so i think this is a new thing i want to ask that i haven't asked before i was thinking the other day about the deluded things i thought of myself as a child which <laughs> is a lot of things right so I mean I'm going to start, and this isn't even what I'm getting to. I was kind of quite cons- convinced I was going to be like a major, important historical figure. This isn't where. This isn't where. This isn't even it yet. <laughs> so I used to save up all my. I used to file all my reports and stuff yeah. and everything because I thought there would be evidence for the museum and all that. <laughs> so, this isn't it yet. <laughs> I don't know. I thought sort of, I can't. It was kind of either politics or like the new Jesus or yeah. you know something. Yeah. I, I worried that in the future they would be capable of time travel and people would come back from the future to study me as a child and that if I was picking my nose or masturbating that they would oh see that. Oh, my and I would... God. Did you ever have anything ending as... That was <laughs> that the is... deluge. That, that was the bit. I would be doing things thinking, oh, what if the, tur- the space future tourists <laughs> have come back and they that see is... me <laughs> masturbating... That will go in the history books now. What's, no, the, what's the most uh, deluded thing you thought of yourself as a child? Well, Can you beat that? I think, I mean, that is really deluded,
1: but I think, didn't all of us have the childhood thing of, like, the Truman Show? Yeah, where we thought everybody was doing it for us—that our whole life was just everybody else was a performance—and we, yeah. So you it was, and that bloke. Me, two
0: of us, <laughs> two of us believed this. Well, we, it's like, or you thought that everyone else might be robots. Yes, I remember thinking that all oh, women might be robots, and that that explained a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you also think, yeah, I might be the only actual real person. I, but do you know? I just think when I was a kid, my, my all my ambitions and things were—I
1: just wanted. I did have that huge, I did think I was special. Yeah. I did walk around going, I'm a little bit... You know, <laughs> because I was... I was a middle-class upbringing. It's horrendous, that. That parents going, you can do that. Of course you can. You're marvellous. Um, it does make you think I can do this. And, that, and it actually fucks you up later in life when you realise I'm a quite very limited human being. Um, but I think there's... I don't know, I did I did have showbiz dreams. I did think yeah. I, want, I wanted to be a movie star or a film star and all those things. I, and I kept waiting to become manly. That was my... No, but I really did, because I was a very high-voiced little... And nobody used to laugh at me at school because my voice was really high and I was a little girl's voice. And then I thought, my voice will break and it'll be fine. And, I, and my voice broke and they went, yeah, you've still got quite a camp voice. Though. Um, and I kept waiting for this moment. I really thought I was going to become a sort of... Uh, I think there was a film called something like Bronx Warriors in the video store. And there was a picture of a guy on the front with kind of flowing hair. I never saw the movie. (laughs) I remember thinking one day I'm going to look like that and I'm going to be that man and I'm going to just be a hard bastard. And I think it's... I'm so sad it it didn't happen because it was my little childhood dream that one day this little boy, I was going to transform into this masculine bloke, and let's, I think
0: that's my big... Yeah. Let's do a Kickstarter for that. And yeah. a Bronx, Bronx Warrior too. <laughs> so and you see, and you, see, you honestly, I saw it, like it big. I was rights. pathetic.
1: I think I had yeah. a dream that I became that man, or something.
0: I wonder, though, I mean, I think for... it's Obviously, like, a lot of people who go on to be successful sort mm. of have the idea that they're going to be successful, and that's what drives them. And if you don't have the failures, and if it doesn't go wrong, and you do just get successful, <laughs> then that delusion feels like it was true yeah. so you know like when noel Edmonds says all you have to do to get what you want is to write it down on a piece of paper or whatever it says and it happens yeah that works for noel Edmonds because you know by luck that's what's happened to him but yeah. it's not it's not the so then you start to believe crazy things so if i'd become very yeah. successful you know i'd be inventing a time travel or i'd be stop. i'd be trying to stop the invention of time travel now that's what yeah. i'd be doing.
1: but as noel Edmonds did noel must have had setbacks early in this i think he had a few yeah <laughs> so he has not uh, just sure. been plain sailing yeah, but he was like, but I, he, how old he, has, was, he. Well, he's
0: very. He's, I don't know. It's hard he's, to tell. He's, his, his beard is so dark. Oh, it's so <laughs> <very> different colour.
1: <laughs> he looks so young. I first think of him Swap Shop, mm. and he must have been late twenties, early thirties. So maybe... But he was
0: on Radio Caroline and all that stuff, wasn't he? Oh, late so late 60s. So oh, you know, right. he's and he must have been like twenty in the late sixties. Okay. So he's, I would guess he is sixty-eight years old.
1: But I just think Noel Evans wouldn't just be a guess. good example. I think he has had backward steps and he's gone out of favour and come back and all the So he's had that. Justin Bieber would be the example, wouldn't he? Yeah. Someone who's not yet known what failure can be. And that's what's driving him slightly mad, I'd imagine. Yeah, maybe. Or Michael Jackson, never really had a dodgy. Well, he had some court cases, but never had a dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> He never had a time going, oh, is it over now? And am I not going to be a big star? He was like a big star from a child and never had to,
0: yeah. But I still think a lot, if it happens at childhood, I think that that screws you up in a different way. I don't think it matters whether... I mean, if you become that successful in childhood, that is, you know, that, that how do you... Yeah. So if you if you are if you are a child and you're thinking crazy stuff and then that gets it gets kicked out of most of us. Yeah. By reality or also just literally by boots.
1: This is why I feel <laughs> but this is why I feel sorry for footballers and nobody else feels sorry. I feel so sorry for footballers all their big money earnings are when they're young, all their success, all their things and then they dropped off a cliff often at 35 or something when it's yeah. over. I can't imagine that. I want to I want to reach the peak just before I... You know, 75. <laughs> yeah. Wanna get the big TV show and lots of money. Because that's when you need the money. You don't need the money when you're 22 or whatever, do you? Am I being too financial? Sorry. I'm...
0: <laughs> it's good. It's good to be honest. I mean, I think a lot of people, again, that's something people pretend they're not interested in. But, yeah. you know, it's easy to... Do you I know we're going about do you have
1: do you have a pension in place and stuff?
0: I don't have a pension though. No.
1: It's not good, clever, is it? I haven't either. No. It's not we're gonna be on cruise ships, is what I was saying.
0: I've got life I've got life insurance though, so if I die in the next thirteen years or mm. if my wife dies in the next thirteen years, we get a big lump sum. So I know we're paying into that, so I'm gonna try and die like, the day before it expires, <laughs> then I, then, I will, then will have won, won't we? But also, if you're... <laughs> That's the, although, really, to really get the full benefits, you die the first week you take it out, because then you've paid £100 and you get, like, yeah. you know, £500,000. But, but shouldn't we be really... What we really want is ideally, for our wives to ideally die. Ideally, my wife should die. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. But I still the, love her enough to want to think yeah. I should
1: die. But I just also, feel it's more like But then, then also, there's the lovely... We're rich widowers... And that's quite sexy. Um, and you've got very little kids. So people go, God, he's yeah. such a lovely man. He cares for them all the rest. And you've got the lovely memory of your wife. She'll yeah. always be there.
0: But... <laughs> oh, it's a dream. <laughs> I do. You you've got. I wonder if she weighs. She doesn't weigh me up in the same way. I look at her and I see hundreds of thousands of pounds. And I think, you know, well, it would be. It would be some comfort for me. Yeah, least. I would miss you. There are, other, there are other equally nice women in the world. Oh yeah. So, Can you imagine, and your kids are really small. Aren't I've they? only got one. Yeah, she's uh, she's nine yeah. months old. Nine yeah. months old. So yeah. You've
1: got to go to playgroups. Oh, he's a dad of a playgroup. They'll fucking love you. <laughs> I'm excited for you. My daughters are teenage yeah. teenagers now. So the next, you know, if my wife dies, it's going to be they'll be shitty to the new woman, won't they?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I pity here, in I, pity her, you know. I, I went missed to the window, fixable. basically. I'm just thinking of her, she's thinking, oh, I've got this guy, you know, he's a bit weird, but I've got all this money that comes with him, and now his teenage daughters don't like me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're awful people. Uh, so, uh, oh, this is a good question, this is a newer emergency question. If you had to go for a week's holiday with one of the puppets from Spitting Image,
1: <laughs>
0: which... There's a lot of stipulations this, so jump, jump in. Which puppet would you choose? Now, the puppet, you have to remember, the puppet would choose the holiday destination. You would have no choice. Right. You would go on holiday with the puppet and the puppeteer and the voiceover artist, but they would be in character the whole time. You wouldn't, be able to, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to address them. And it would be a whole week of the puppet in character for 24 hours a day, but you get a free holiday. It would be free. But which of the puppets would you uh, choose? <laughs> that's so difficult Yeah it is Because yeah. I'm
1: thinking about is there, was Have you image? been
0: asked Have you not been asked this before <laughs> <laughs> Oh god it's the same old questions Every interview you do
1: um, I really Gosh that's really I, I don't know You obviously think of Thatcher Don't you When yeah. you think of Spitting well, Image
0: Would you like to go on holiday With the, the pup It's not even Thatcher It's the puppet of Thatcher No because
1: it became really scary Margaret yeah, Thatcher's it was, puppet yeah, It became a yeah, yeah. eyed
0: Um I am oh, trying to think of who there was. Oh God, it's everyone from the nineteen late 80s? I suddenly got this days. image of Leon Britton's puppet. OK, Yeah, it's an interesting choice. <laughs> that's controversial, <laughs> isn't it? Um, <laughs> that would yeah.
1: If he said Thailand, yes, he was. Yeah. No, but, um, <laughs> but um, um,
0: no, he was completely. I innocent. just want to point out, leave completely... The puppet definitely didn't never yeah. did anything. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it was definitely. Um, Roy but if Leon Brink could have kind of hold that of that hold of that puppet, that would have been a good way to lure the kids in, wouldn't it? That would have been... <laughs> been... <laughs> to prove his innocence. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Ian McCaskill was okay, a puppet, wasn't good. it? Yeah. Do you remember? Hello. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be a good one. No, that was, yeah. no, that's who I'd like to be with. Okay. I'm really crap at this question. No, that was I'm good. It's you too well. imaginative for me. It's good. Um, so Ian McCaskill, and he would pr- choose somewhere lovely because he's a weatherman. So he would. Obviously, the puppet's not a weatherman, but it would be funny. Just, oh, I can't it. get enough of a comedy Scottish accent. Yeah. For, it, so, for a whole week, just that, hello, hello. Well, you're not uh, giving me any other options. Hello. I'd obviously prefer to just go where I want to go with my family. When, but if I have to go <laughs> with Ian, with the puppet, go. no, I'd go with Ian McCaskill. He's he'd lovely. Yeah, he's, he's, it's a good him. answer. Thank you. Um, Sorry, more interesting. It was t- David Steele Was tiny, wasn't he? a was yeah. tiny one. You want a tiny one? Say, why? why do I want to? I think it's something it sexual
0: about small puppets. <laughs> why? Good. Uh. I'm very interested in puppets. Um, did you ever, when you were, when your kids were little, did you ever leave them somewhere and forget that? Oh they Christ! Yes. <laughs> I've got a really bad... Have you done it yet? I, I left her in the car for about three minutes, forgetting she was in there, yeah. Yeah, I have did it twice
1: with Martha, my oldest. Left her in the car. Once. But where did you... I mean, I went... To... We were going to Camden Market or something, and Martha was really new born really new. And I, I was driving on and I meeting my wife, and um, tro- parked the car and walked to the market, walked in, and my wife went, <laughs> where's Martha? And I was like... I... It had been about ten minutes. She was asleep in the car, and i completely forgotten. I had a moment where I thought, my God, I'm... I must have dreamt that I was not a father. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Um, and went to God. The second time I left her, she was about two, year, two or three years old, and I got excited chasing uh, uh, a, a, somebody for the police or in my car. I saw a bloke kung fu, a kick, kung fu kick a bloke in Palmer's Green, knocked right. him out. A crowd surrounded the, people, the guy who'd been knocked out, and I turned the I turned the car around and went. I'm going to. I saw him go across the road. I'm going to find him and drove back. I don't know why I do this, but I was in my car and I felt yeah. brave. And he just kung fu kicked a guy, so I don't yeah, think I'd really wrong. take him on. So I drove along <laughs> slowly as he's running down the road. I'm driving along, phoning the police. It was allowed to do hands calls, then, and I'm going. I'm following a guy who's just knocked a bloke out in Palmer's Green. I'm in the, on this road, and he's on the... I went, oh right, okay. Um, uh, and then he then he went over the. North Circular because the, the road came to a stop so I got out the car locked the car and followed him on foot to the camera and with the camera with the phone and then said to the woman at the office uh, on 909 I said uh, I've just had my daughter in the car, she's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so, was like, so I thought I was like, you know, yeah. I was Starsky or something, but with a child in the child. Not only are taking your
0: child into a dangerous situation, you should he take her to the Kung Fu guy. Could have but, Kung Fu do yet. you know what was stupid? Was I went back to the place and a, and a policeman
1: was walking out the house of this guy who'd been knocked out. And, said, and I said, do you know, I just tried to follow the guy. And he went, yeah. I, I said, and I promised I said this, I said... Um, I didn't really want to confront him because I was with my daughter. <laughs> he just kung fu kicked a guy. There was no way. <laughs> Children are good to provide you with that excuse yeah. to go, I didn't want to get involved. I've got kids <laughs> to look out for. But as though I would have taken him on. Yeah. yeah, it was ridiculous. And I've got a kid that I
0: temporarily forgot that I had. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> good. Uh, and um, I've got some very good questions. Have you ever seen a ghost, Hal? I'm interested to in know whether you were the kind of person who would believe in that kind of thing.
1: I don't believe in it, but I'm scared of it. And have you seen one,
0: even though you don't believe in it? uh, This is really pathetic.
1: We had a dog when I was 16. The dog died. Mm. And my sister and I were talking in the kitchen. And we're just talking like that. And there was two scratches at the door. And I went over to the door and opened it. And we both went, (laughs) (laughs) ran around the house for about five minutes. Because we just thought the dog was going to be there. And we both heard the scratches. It's pathetic, isn't it? That's all I've... It was another dog, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that had gone that, and then run away taking the piss. Yeah, but no, uh, no, I've. We used to think there was a presence in our last house, my wife and I. Yeah, but we just—it was just uh, the children that we'd forgotten about, probably. (laughs) But but we really, we really did used to. uh, I that talking about wives dying again. um, Yeah, my wife constantly what likes to scare me. Really likes to and waits behind door. She knows I get spooked really easily. So like I'm in the bathroom sometimes, and she stands right by the door. And I open the bathroom door, and she's there like that. And I like, go, oh! yeah. and I'm so scared of her. This is the reason I don't want her to die first. Apart, yeah. from, I, I want the yeah. money, but. Um, she, I feel like she 'll take the piss. I she feel was. like if there is such a thing as ghosts, she will knock things around the house. She will appear to me she 'll do all that sort of stuff but i really... i mean I, I hate the i don 't find it comforting ghosts, but both my no, parents are dead, yeah. and if one of my if my parents appeared to me, I would go honestly fucking leave it. this is not <laughs> lovely. This scares the crap out of me. go away, but I love you, but please fuck off yeah you know
0: it 's also just that it would be such an over you know where does it end with ghosts, and how far back does it go, and if they 're there? <laughs> You know, is your great-great-great-great-grandfather going to come as well, say what's going on? You know, There's so many yeah. dead people. Do they, does the new dead person knock off the old dead person? That can't be true, because a lot of ghosts are a well, long yeah, time ago. What, so they? as
1: time goes on, we should be crammed with ghosts. We yeah. should be seeing them all the time. Maybe you have to go and
0: learn to be a ghost. That's why it takes a few hundred years for them to appear. Yes. And then if you're really good at it, maybe ghosts can die, and that's why there aren't so many ghosts. Well, you have seen the film Ghost. He has I to ha- learn how to yeah, hit I people and
1: move stuff and things,
0: doesn't he? He gets taught yeah. how to...
1: So but that's it all the answers
0: were in that film. If, if they're all doing that, that's very irritating though as well, isn't it? Because then, you know, they're really interfering in... Real, like you're trying to spend your money from your dead wife. Yeah. And she'd be going, oh, they spending it on that, are you? I don't think so. Or I don't like your new wife.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: you know, That would they, be horrific. It would be awful. I do something it's in my so stand-up
1: calm. show about this, but there is a thing that ghosts never do seem to appear when you're doing something embarrassing. <laughs> do they? You've never heard anybody say that. You've never heard anybody say, I was making love, and suddenly my dead parent appeared through, okay I'm so sorry I'll come back later you know <laughs> so, it, so they never seem to appear you know I, I yeah. do I don't know well they're
0: you know they're, 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 they're very thinking they think very carefully They don't want to embarrass you so they wait if you're having a shit they go see that's why yeah. They're not the same with time travelling historians they don't care they just turn up whenever they want <laughs> Whatever you're doing just leave it alone. Do you watch John Edward on the Living Crossing I Over have with watched John it Edward? Yeah. John Edward says that
1: yeah they don't see maybe they, they don't care about bodily functions. They don't even see it or anything. Right. So they can they almost can't tell if you're if you're wanking <laughs> or having a crap or whatever. They they're on a different spiritual plane. Okay. So it doesn't That's matter. That's a relief. Cuz John Edward, don't you do you watch John Edward? Anyone? you heard okay. of him, the American guy. He's really fast. With I'm sure he's a con man, but he's so good that I really want to believe in him. I re- it's like, um, what's his name? David um, Blaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife, I used to always go, I can't believe he's done that. It. It's absolutely yeah. impossible. <laughs> and you want to believe, you know it's rubbish, but yeah. you know.
0: It'd be nice. I mean, that's why these things are so appealing. This is why people can do this, because you want it to be true. Yeah. And you know, but if you can talk to dead people, there must be more interesting things to ask them than things we know already. Yeah, and so they I'd al- verify it was them by saying, you know, what, where is my, you know, where do we keep the key to the? Whatever. Yes. Then they, if they know that, go okay, you're definitely them. What, which God is correct? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Just, also, uh,
1: do you know what gets me on those shows? They always have nice things to say. They always go, yeah. you know, Do you know the sixth sense, and she says to. The boy goes, I didn't see grandma or whatever. I see yeah. grandma, and she said, she, and she says every day. And what question was it? She said, you asked her a question when you saw, her, went to a grave. And what question was it? You asked mum, what was it? And she went, I asked if she was proud, and she went every day. Yeah. That's always what ghosts say, don't they? They always come back and go, I'm really proud, and what you've done is fantastic. They never go, I'm ashamed of you, embarrassed. Yeah. Oh my God, you really let the side down. Oh Christ, you married that. You know, you never. <laughs> They never, they never tell you no piss or your crap. Yeah. It's always good news, and that that's really makes me suspicious.
0: Yeah, because I think ghosts, you, it would free you up to tell the truth, I think, being dead. Yes, exactly. There's no more social nicety, so you would really lay into... people. Yeah, no-one can
1: hurt you anymore, yeah. can they? they? Yeah.
0: You wouldn't be bothered about you, it. You'd be on, on a different plane. Yeah. Um, that's what I think. Um, what is the worst emergency you've ever been in?
1: <sighs> Do you know what I keep... It's the guy here who was at my show last night in Potter's Bar. Yeah, I have a weird stalker who was okay. at my show in Potters Bar is last that night. The,
0: is, that, is, that, is this the emergency? This is, I do tell this in my out? show.
1: This isn't a set-up to a bit of material, okay. is what I want to say. <laughs> this is a true fact that I tell now as a joke. I told, it, do you know, I told it on Alan Davis's um, oh, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, Untitled, yeah. and it wasn't a bit of material. And now I've turned it into a bit of material, and I feel guilty, like they think I put a bit of material in. But yeah. this is the scariest thing. I was in an armed siege right. in Stockwell uh, in about 1997, 98. Um, Brian Damage's gig, The Oval. Yeah. And uh, uh, we were all sitting in this pub and we were doing a gig in the back room and everybody was wandering through to go and do, to go and do a gig in the back room. And I was on the second half, so I was hanging yeah. about in the main bit of the pub. And I thought, oh, I'll go through now. And we didn't realise that during this time, somebody called the police because they thought someone was in the pub with a gun because two guys were having some feud going on. And the whole pub got surrounded by armed police. So I walked into the back room to do this gig. The whole room was empty. A light was shining through the emergency exit. And I just heard, armed police, step into the light. (laughs) And I promise you, I like came out the door like this. Go, I'm here for the gig. Um, (laughs) and it really was that moment of these two armed policemen like this and they're like yeah. so, I, so I slightly go maybe I would have got shot but I wouldn't because I was <laughs> like that and, and, um, and I do have this thing I, I talk about this. I, I, have, I, I have a thing where I don't get that tense in scary situations I, I get the wrong thing they, they told me to run behind this building and I've got a funny run and I went do I have to run and they went yeah fucking leg it mate and I didn't and I just as I was running because I'm a bit out to the side as I'm running I just felt policemen behind every barrier we thinking oh fucking look at that run Jesus <laughs> Christ mate so it's pathetic that still consumed me yeah. and it was amazing actually we ran behind this block of flats and all the other comics who'd been at the gig were there going hooray because yeah. they'd all been evacuated the same way and then all these kids started coming off the estate to attack the police because the police were all in the area this is when it was all winding down Yeah. so we nearly had a riot after that so after a siege nearly a riot That's and all so these fun. comics were there going there's so much material in this I
0: and yet it's taken you 15 years yeah, it. it's <laughs> taken me 15 and
1: you're the first years. one to do it and no one ever Brian Dow da- uh, uh, da- you know Brian Damage, yeah. you still and the, I still say to them, I've finally done a joke yeah. about that, <laughs> but um, that's sort of the, mo- the m- m- most serious situation I've
0: been in. I think. Yeah, I once had a heckler who had a. We I later found out had a gun <gasps> when I was in when we were doing Montreal uh, and we me and Stuart we were doing a little a, one of the little bar gigs. And there was a guy, you know, there was this guy just being an asshole in the audience, and I and I was I hardly did stand up or anything, so I was I was just really having to go at him, tell him to shut up, and I was being yeah. incredibly rude to him. And then he went out, they took him out, but he went outside, and then he was like obviously part of the local God. mafia or something. He had like, and he, re- he revealed this gun, so I was having I was telling this guy to fuck off. Oh not going at any moment. That would have been a very different. Uh, have, have you been attacked at a stand-up gig? Um, you'd think so, wouldn't you? The only time, the only, the only time I got into one fight after a gig, but there was someone who wasn't in the audience <laughs> who just took, uh, took exception to me and wanted to punch me. But uh, I, you know, very, uh, it, I've been times, loads of times, I've had to leave out the back. Yeah. Because you've, you've inflamed people. There was one time I did a routine about um, the guy who was shot at Stockwell Tube by the police. Yeah. it's Stockwell, again, I, yeah. this is the Stockwell Armed Police. Yeah. Sorry, I'm nothing. But, uh, but, you know, but then the two people in the audience were furious about it from different angles. One because I was mocking the police and one because they thought I was mocking the incident. Whereas I probably yeah. was mocking the police more than the... Uh, I was mocking the number of bullets it had taken to shoot this unarmed man. And if, yeah. If you're going to shoot someone in the head, you really need seven bullets to be sure. Yeah. They're, they're, they've gone down, because with their head, it's like somewhere you don't want to... It's only, only six bullets in the head, so just one more. <laughs> and it was that kind of thing. So it was a very, you know, but it was a satirical routine. Mm. But two, two guys were so angry that I had to be escorted. But I've, I felt that was quite good that, that I'd offended both ends of the spectrum with with but the same did, routine I
1: used to be really brave with it yeah. and now I'm much more if I see a look in the eye that I probably saw that guy's eye <laughs> last night um, my stalker no Jackie's lovely Liam isn't it Liam yeah when you know their yeah. names that's the press Liam is uh, his I, name if I die tonight
0: Liam um,
1: from try, Cambridge let's try and get a
0: close up of um, also because the footage will be worth it you know, but right? <laughs> it'll be like that picture where Mark Chapman when he's signing the oh god yeah, yeah. You get, try and get both of them in the same shot yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I've I've, I've had I, I I sort of had that I, I once somebody tried to headbutt me but was so drunk missed and hit my shoulder with but I've been attacked probably five or six times right. I've been thrown against walls and stuff and all you do people get so especially when they're drunk yeah. I remember a guy being asleep at a gig and it was a few months after Soham do you remember the terrible killing Ian Huntley yeah and he was asleep at a Christmas gig and he said and he woke up because the crowds are like that at Christmas gigs <laughs> he just was like asleep and he woke up and I was talking about my kids and I went have you got kids and he went you talking about Ian Huntley. You fucking talking about Ian. <laughs> and he had to be held back, and I had to leave the stage. And I went, you fucking idiots. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The audience, you know, audiences can get so drunk. That's the time when they're so drunk. Yeah. The biggest enemy of comedy in Britain is very drunk people getting the wrong end of the stick. Oh. I get so angry with it. It's like, that's why it's lovely to be nice, sober. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's getting
0: lovely. offended by a joke that he's obviously thought of himself. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's, he's obviously obsessed with Ian Huntley, ever. yeah. If anyone's talking about kids, it's obviously exactly. a joke about kids being killed. Which if it in my gig, fair enough. But. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did have a joke about that as well so um <laughs> did uh, george osborne when you were at school with him did he ever go to the stationary cupboard and get a lot of pencils out David? <laughs> did he ever did he was he just interested to know no, no, no. Okay. No, okay. i was just that interested to know so um <laughs> so you're on tour you're on tour throughout the sp- this, this sp- i feel really dodged about
1: the george osborne thing because my agent put something in a PR release yeah. that I said, take that out. Because he put a thing in going, and tell let, he tells the story in this show of how George Osborne really upset him. I said, he didn't. It was... I didn't fall out with George Osborne, and every interview, and he kept it in the PR, and I've had to tell everybody who asked me about it, going, "I didn't know him that well, didn't know that well. He's going to come and sue me, or tax me, or something. Extra, Happy. he's going to find somebody and kill because I didn't know there him that are. well, so I can't really make up shit about him, can okay. I? Except he was no. a twat, but he is, he's an Well, he's quite, he dick. Is quite a little dick.
0: I think he could probably have you killed yeah. quite easily, and I wouldn't put it past him, <laughs> based <laughs> on no evidence. <laughs> Do
1: you know, I was at a gig where I was talk, telling someone about uh, George Osborne and a guy said, I've got that beat, I was at school with Jihadi John. who oh, was in God. his class at school. And I promise you, this is my best comeback ever, I said, couldn't you guess from the name? <laughs> <laughs> See, he went to school in West London, didn't he? He was all that made available. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes, well, you know, he might still be alive, we don't know. Yeah. At, this point, at this point, I said, it's a mis- you know, if you're going to name yourself after the Beatles, don't choose... John, don't be jihadi, yeah. don't be, j- be jihadi Paul, and then, you know, you get to be old and have <laughs> yeah. purple hair. Have sex with someone with one leg, which I guess yeah. a lot in Syria. So uh, I... Um, <laughs> if you've got a problem with that, that's your own issue. It's just a, fa- just a fact. 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 Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, do you think that having sex with a robot should? And now I think we might be on the same page oh. as this. Should count as cheating on your part? I think you should be allowed to in a marriage be able to have sex with a robot, and that's fine. Yeah, a I very realistic human. Robot. Yeah,
1: I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, it's I not a real person. That's why yeah. Westworld... Do you watch Westworld as a child and go, God, if that existed?
0: If I could and only she, have sex with your Brinner, no, what? No. <laughs> but you could go and have yeah. sex with anybody well, in well, the I, Roman, Roman world. That's true, yeah. Roman world, I wanted. Yeah. But, um, because yeah, because it's not—it's not, it's not a person, is it? No. It's a machine. And you can tell the by fir- the hands. You're the first person I've met who agrees with me. Oh, really? Was yeah. oh, that weird? Yeah, everyone else thinks it's wrong to have sex with robots, especially women. I think, especially my wife. <laughs> I've been, watching... <laughs> especially Jack Whitehall, so for some reason as well. Who uh, yeah, I... <laughs> was on the other day. Uh, it's yeah, no, because it's you know, we were watching humans, and I really like the actor Emma, uh, Anna Chan, Emma Emma, Emma, Emma Chan, Gemma Chan. That's chen I'm so I'm. Gemma Chan, that's her name. I do a routine about it, so I should know. Uh, but so my wife, I, I asked her if I could have sex with a robot if it looked like her. And she said no.
1: Do you have a thing where you fancy somebody who's famous and then you and your partner have sort of someone you're allowed to sleep with?
0: Yeah, we did do that, though it yeah. hasn't come up. Oh, you've yet. actually slept with them? No, no, we've you met we've, we, have <laughs> list, we have a list of people that we're allowed uh, to, but I kind of keep putting joke people on my list. I think I, I, I put. Um, Anne Widdecombe on my list. Oh, you see, that's silly. But I've got would to have keep sex it serious. No, really? Yeah, because she's never had sex with anyone before. So that would be quite a triumph, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and she's like
1: having sex with the British institution. Yeah, she is it a would, literally. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but my, my wife has Brad Pitt. It's mm. never going to happen. She hasn't got a chance. Um, uh, no, not because she's not very attractive, but she's never going to meet him. But <laughs> I always had Kate Blanchett. Right. And then my sister made a movie with Kate Blanchett, where she played a little part. With, and I was really scared she was going to become best friends with Kate Blanchett, and then there was going to be a dinner party where we might meet. <laughs> and not that I would ever have a chance with Kate Blanchett, but my wife would tell her or something, and go yeah. think she thinks he can share, you know.
0: So I d- I t- I d- she would have to say, and you are allowed to if you want to. That is our agreement. And then Kate Blanchett might go, well, okay. Yeah, but she would. If I'm allowed, I'm going. She might do. You know, we don't know what Kate Blanchett is like. She might maybe she'd be so honoured.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but to be so honoured to be the object... I would love it if somebody said... If someone somewhere said that, that uh, said to their wife, if I ever got famous enough where someone said, you're allowed to sleep with hell, like, oh, that's awesome. I want to sleep. I'd be so honoured. It's never going it to happen. Would be on it would be like the Anne Whittacombe thing. It would be yeah. a jokey person to yeah, fucking but... sleep with, wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: But you still have to do it, though, right? Even yeah. as, there's no more fun sex than sex that's done for a joke. That's what... <laughs> luckily, that's how I managed to have sex for us 25. <laughs> uh, so, um, I'll ask you another emergency question. Uh, uh, kale crisps are not as nice as they once were. <laughs> have I changed or have they? Don't answer that. <laughs> if you could travel back in time to compare any food of today with an equivalent or similar food in the past... <laughs> A, what time would you travel to? And B, what food would you have? I'm I'm really confused by food because I'm not very
1: into food. Are you not? I'm really not. I know I'm chubby. Yes. Oh, I'm fat, but I. I don't, I do, you know, I, I, I do eat crap, because yeah. I actually do use food to fuel, and I'm a comfort eater, I like chocolate and terrible stuff, I'm not somebody that watches MasterChef or anything, I do a Bake Off Extra Slice, yeah, no. and I love watching Bake Off, but I only got into it because they asked me to do Extra Slice, I went, right. oh, well, I'll watch it, and I bloody love it, I love, I love the competition, but I'm not a baker, and I, you know, that's the only thing that ever made me bake in a thing, was watching that show, um, so I'm not an expert on food, but what 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 food? What do you mean? What well, I food is? changed? I would like, like to
0: go. Well, or just to see what food was like because I would, I would take kettle crisps back to find out if they were the same eight years ago or if they're not the but same. There's absolutely no difference in kettle crisps. Well, crust. there's That's only one r- way to find out. <laughs> I think they're quite different now than what they way were. they are they different? Though? They're not. They're not as. Uh, uh, as chunky as they once were, they've been more homogenised, they're not as tasty as they were but this could be just me, I, my taste buds may not be as good as they once were or I'm now more sophisticated and expect <laughs> kale, you know, when I, was 20, when I was 35 or whatever when they came out that yeah. was a very sophisticated crisp, the Kale Crisp, <laughs> but now there's Tyrrells, there's there's, uh, you know, there's, you can get Kale Crisps in uh, Pret a that's sophisticated now so then I go back to Kale and go mm, this is not I don't feel that's the question, oh. it's an existential question at the heart. But of this. I don't think anybody really thinks they've changed that much apart from you. Well, I so... Who agrees the... with me that Kettle Christmas have changed?
1: Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah, that's a
0: tiny minority. Still of the that doesn't mean that we're sharp enough to have spotted the difference in the uh, in the matrix where the rest of you sheeple have just gone along with it pretending they're the same. It's like uh, wagon wheels. So you think wagon wheels are the same size. They're smaller than they used to. No, that's just because you've Mars bars, Mars bars got bigger and then went smaller. Well, they went to double size, did they? No, they, they went... They got lots, of, lots of chocolate bars in the 90s got big and then people mm. went, oh, fuck, that's... We're you killing still, loads of people so then they went small again. So they've but you can still get a double change. Mars bar, you can, can't you? I don't know if you can anymore. Can you? Anyone Can you, you, get, of do you know that thing where you really... Is, you, is that a thing, Mars Bar? Is that an actual bar, Mars Bar? Don't you find I've only ever
1: bought those? They make me think of times of complete despair. Because <laughs> that's the only time you buy a double and go, I don't care about it. You know, do you? That's the only time you it's wear a double on. and you just have a moment of going, and you really want to... You know, it's, it's so evil, those, the yeah. size of that bar you're eating. Well, they're it's trying such to pretend br- that you're going to share it with someone, but you're not You're not, no. I'm not going to share it. <laughs> My wife does a horrible thing. She eats half a bar of chocolate and puts it back in the... Like a half a Snickers, yeah. puts it in the fridge. Yeah. That way that people have control. It just, I find it disgusting. I can't bear it. If it's there, my, I will eat it. Yeah, well, my I wife, wife can can't, can't.
0: If she leaves chocolate anywhere I know where it is, I'll eat it. Yeah. So I can't have chocolate in the house, because at some point I'll be... you know Even when I'm controlling myself, at some point I'll hit a, a low where I will eat whatever it is, wherever yeah. it is. When my children... When my child's old enough to have a... Easter egg, it's going to be awful. If she's one of those idiots who saves it up. I mean, I'm hoping she'll be a normal person who just eats it all straight away to make sure no one else gets any of it. Yeah. Even though that makes you sick. That is how you eat an Easter Easter, egg. I only... Easter day is only... I just feel... I actually don't like it anymore because it's all the memories
1: of feeling sick. Waking (laughs) up in the morning and just having, like, two whole Easter eggs and just shoving it down. I can't... I can't bear people that have measures over things like that. Just have a little tiny bit oh god and people who talk about food it's very succulent old people talking about that ham nice bit of ham did we have a nice bit of ham god that makes me sick because then you think of the food don't be a just eat it and consume and get it down you I I think shit it out of you yeah shit it out of you and be disgusted at yourself. (laughs) But do you ever find that when people talk, especially, I know it's not as horrible, because I am getting old, or getting towards being old, but old people talking about food makes you think of the food in their mouth, and it's disgusting. (laughs) It's ruined Christmas for you, has it, when your grand's going, nice bit of turkey. Did you like the turkey? Good night. Oh, please stop, no. (laughs) Yeah, I know that's horrible, but it's true. You think of it. Sorry.
0: It's horrible. Um do you think having sex with a ghost should be considered cheating with your rela- if you're in a relationship? <laughs> oh, God. If the ghost has uh, had sex with you without your consent, do
1: you know what's interesting about these questions? It it's throws me a lot things that I've never thought about, yeah, ever. It's, it's really
0: good. Um, sorry, the go- if the
1: ghost asks your consent, you mean?
0: Before... No, it doesn't. The ghost just starts so having sex. So it's like sex. the entity. The, guy, the ghost starts having sex with you when you're asleep. This is usually what they do. Then you wake up and you're having sex with the ghost. There are some people who do that, you know. Yeah. Sleep, Have you, what's it called? Sleep, somn. Sleep, what,
1: get raped by ghosts. No. <laughs> people who start <laughs> having sex with people when they're asleep. Oh, yeah, there are. That's, I'm not talking about that. In their sleep. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the, what they say. Sexomnia. Sexomnia. Yeah. I've got to be just, honest with you. Are you just setting this up no. so later in the dressing room you go, not, I, was no. <laughs> I was asleep,
0: Rich. I was asleep. He can't take me down I, with this.
1: I know that I might be prone to this. You're right. I thought other people would go, yeah, I've got that. Um, and it's just me. No um, one my wife has had to go, get off me. That In my sleep, I have started going, oh. And, <laughs> She's felt hands around... She was sort of being assaulted in her sleep, but she then woke up and... I felt terrible about it, because it was awful. Yeah. But it is sex... Gosh, that's not criminal, is it? I'm not... But it is quite common. (laughs) Sex... It's my wife as well. She's in bed. No, it's not her fault. God. I'm getting to the thing. She was in the bed with you. It's her own fault. She was wearing a short nightdress. Um... (laughs) It depends I've never your shared this if, you, with anyone. if you're in
0: your sleep when you're having sex with and you're imagining you're having sex with someone else, that's not allowed. Yeah. Or is it allowed? I don't know. Because you're not having sex with you, will be having sex with your wife as long as she's up for oh, can you
1: imagine if you whispered in your sleep, Oh, you feel like my wife <laughs> um, No you are No. I don't become French when it becomes sex when I have sex. But um, Hello. Uh, no, but just yeah, that yeah. It's, yeah. But no, ghost the ghost thing. You're I'm not la- talking about that. Why you
0: brought that up? We're talking about to As I said ghosts. ghosts scare me too much, I wouldn't be right. able to perform. What if it's a really sexy ghost?
1: It's still a, like from a another plane of existence. It's bloody terrifying. Yeah. There's no... Oh, come on, who would really be able to go, oh, brilliant, I'm up for this? <laughs> Your whole mindset would be blown by the ghost existing and yeah. being there. And, and you think, well, who else can join in on this if, other, if one ghost can get, you know... All of them come down. <laughs> and then all of them gather round and watch or it becomes like a, a gangbang... Can you be gangbang, doesn't
0: matter? Um, LAUGHTER They can actually enter you in every orifice, yes, they exactly. can. <laughs> literally, completely. But they imagine s- someone comes in and can't see the ghosts, yeah. and you're
1: naked, going, you
0: know, <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, uh, um, oh, horrible. And then they join in. Yes. It's become quite an exciting, uh, sexy. <sighs> Sorry, hor- oh. Richard Dawkins claims to have seen dogs doing a sixty-nine. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is Tim Turner's question. What's the worst lie you've ever told to impress people? (laughs) (laughs) And I like that question because it sort of implies Richard Dawkins (laughs) is just sort of going there, people (laughs) <laughs> People won't be impressed by me writing The Selfish Gene, but no. now I've told them about these dogs I didn't see. Have you read to Richard Dawkins' I stuff? Do, yeah, yeah, oh. I'm, I'm a big fan of his uh, anything that's longer than a tweet. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm a big fan of his books. I wish he would just see, stick terrible, to writing I haven't, I haven't
1: read his books, they're like no. on the bookshelf. My, my wife actually did lose... She was fairly religious.
0: Right.
1: Well, she was fairly religious. Considering her background, Presbyterian, Northern Ireland, yes. she's super-duper liberal for being a bit Church of England when, for, when I met her. But she lost it completely reading um, Dawkins. So, uh, but I've never... Yeah, I'm terrible. Um, but what's, sorry, what's the worst... What's the worst lie you've told to him? Do you, do you lie? I mean, I can't... Th- I don't really lie. I really in don't, don't from... lie because I'm really scared of if I lie, then I'm going to get caught out by the lie and you just feel ridiculous. I lie... I don't know. I lie pretending to know people that I don't know. When people come up in Edinburgh, yeah. especially as a comic, because you've been around a lot and you, meet, you work with a lot of people who remember you because they've seen you on stage for 20 minutes or an hour and you forget who they are... So I spend a lot of time lying to pretending I know people I don't know. Oh, yeah. Hi, how are you? God, oh, how are you? <laughs> How's it going? And you're thinking, oh, shit, do I like you? Did we get on well last... You know, I, so I don't, I don't know anything about... So. it's
0: a merry ballet you have to go through, isn't it, when you're oh. trying to work out how you know them without giving away. It's like when you meet someone and go, oh, it's nice to meet you, and they go, yes, I saw you last time... You have to then go. Yeah, I mean uh, to see you again. You know, like yes, yeah, I've yeah, yeah. You before, yeah. That and you sort
1: week. of it, it, it does get to me that they should be more considerate for the fact that we are <laughs> self obsessed performers. We're not going to
0: remember people who are talking to us for five but minutes. Don't you think that in general about everyone? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be offended if someone didn't recognise me. But some people oh. are, some people get very offended if you don't know who they are or if you don't. No, they don't. they don't. They don't. Do some people some people are offended by the, the idea. Of going, oh, you know, of course you shouldn't. No, who I, th- I, am. I think people think because uh, you get this at. Um, uh, corporate do's when you do,
1: when, when somebody introduces you and they, they're trying to big you up because the corporate go- dudes can be dodgy gigs because you're going on and doing things. And we do them for money, we sell ourselves um, <laughs> And you're introduced going, you'll, and they say things like, you'll know him from Have I Got News Viewer, live at the Apollo. And, they, and I walk on my no, a lot of the room are going, oh, I don't know who the fuck he is. Who do think he is? <laughs> so I have to do that stuff. But I think most people, I, don't, I can't think of anyone, I mean, what, if, you were, if if you were David Cameron, I mean, I, I'm not saying, oh, what a wonderful example, but, but if somebody didn't know him, you would be a bit surprised if you were Prime Minister and someone went, I don't know who you are. You know, but I don't think hardly... Yeah, you've got to be massive. I think to, people... would John, do. maybe. But you should
0: just say, hello, I'm Richard, we met before. Well, you know, I think, like, re, yeah. reintroduce yourself. That should be the... the, the
1: yeah, but who, what examples have you got of people actually being offended by people not recognising them? I think Is it, I can't have think you got it like a story examples. about Stuart?
0: Is that, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, but I, you know, I think you, there are definitely. T- I think it was maybe when people are looking for you to be up yourself, so they think, oh, you know, he he doesn't remember me, and I met him before. Yeah. So that I think people sometimes, but sometimes people, well, sometimes you might meet people I know quite well, and I can't quite remember their name, or yeah, you know, but lots of people I can't place. Well, it's like we're You know, we were mentioning this backstage. You know, if someone just habitually doesn't remember. Oh who yes. You are, well,
1: because this is. I was inspired and loved Eddie Izzard when I started getting into stand-up. I used to watch his videos and everything. And i met him four times, and he never knows who I am. And I spend long times talking to him every time, going, oh, and he just must. He must just shut off, going, "It's this nutter again." Because every time I meet him, he goes, "Uh," and I go, "It's me, and just you know, it does upset you because you are going, "But I'm your number one fan." you don 't understand i 'm going to have to make you have a car accident and keep you in a log cabin. Um, <laughs> then you 'll know me, Eddie
0: <laughs> I don 't like this new bit of material, Eddie. give me another can you can imagine
1: it. <laughs> hobble him or whatever um,
0: <laughs> what if there's this guy going to hobble you and you 're going to yeah. hobble Eddie It could be like an awful yes, a little circle yeah
1: a lo- a, a, a stalking triangle, the human centipede brilliant, yeah, oh God. Sorry, there was a, there was part of me going. Would I do a human centipede with Eddie ears I do
0: respect him enough that I would yeah. probably. I don't, think, I don't think it's really about respect that so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people are doing it. Um, I never could never bear to watch those films. It must be. It's not a centipede, is it? Is it human? Is it, it is human centipede? centipede isn't, isn't it? Young, OK, it is. Uh, good. Well, uh, I'd w- I like to talk to you two for you a lot longer. There isn't much. You uh, were born in Ealing, where I did my first job of working... Well, my first job once I left university, which was writing the phone directory for West London. Oh! Yeah.
1: <laughs> what? So you have to write... Well, you have to research
0: yeah. it and write it all... You have to research it very carefully. <laughs> no, you lad, just make it up. Don't no, let Yeah, it's just go... Come but, up with a good name. Do you just have loads of you doing it? Just doing. Yeah.
1: You, I'm I was doing the, best, the A's. I would doing the B's. I was very
0: good at it. Basically, uh, information would come in. To begin with, I was only worked there for three weeks. But to begin with, it came in on cards, and then the system got computerized, which was you know. That was, but that, hadn't that's you how been to I Cambridge am. or something? I went to Oxford University. Oxford. But then I was trying to became, become a comedian, so I had oh, a right. temp temp jobs. So I was temped in BT. Ever passed that in the shopping centre? Any happy memories of Ealing? Just you don't still live there, do you? No,
1: no, I, I yeah. no, I did things that didn't go, go that well, so no. I couldn't stay. Oh. Um, Ealing's <laughs> lovely now, isn't it? Yeah, my, my sisters there, my other, well, both my sisters are around there, but I'm in Enfield because times have right. been hard. Um, <laughs> Not that bad. Nice Enfield. Now, if you know Enfield, the right side of the A10. Because <laughs> there's dodgy Enfield, the poltergeisty dodgy bit, yeah. which is dangerous, where the poltergeist was, if you know about Enfield poltergeist, that's on the bad side, in the, the rough area, and I'm in the nice bit. But, yes, Ealing, no, Ealing, Ealing's... Oh, God, it's lovely, it's gorgeous mm. there, isn't it? I didn't realise how, how nice it was when I was there, but, you know... And I was at a posh school where they thought we were rough. As the Pauls are going Ealing boys, you're a bit fucking rough. You're not a Western John's Wood and <laughs> Richmond and all this stuff. And now it's ridiculous. But then, you know, we used to, it's that thing about my school. We used to play Eton at sport and go fucking Eton. I think they're, so, they're so fucking posh. <laughs> and you know, and we were, were so posh as well. We just you know, you do that level. There are levels, there of you? are you're always looking for somebody to to be you know posher than you. And we'll, yeah, who
0: do you think the people in Eton are looking to? to yeah, well, exactly. There's no
1: one for they'd them to be go- going to. Well, they're probably the home educated in a castle people. <laughs> only the royals and actually the royals are there scumming it yeah. at Eton aren't they now yeah. so yeah sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> well let's leave it talking about posh public schools that is uh, a lovely way to end but ladies and gentlemen give a massive round of applause to Hal Grandon. thank you we'll be back after the interval next week You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Hal Cruttenden. The music is by Pest. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you to everyone at uh, the British Comedy Guide, especially Orange Mark, for putting this up. And thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. It is produced by Dave Cribb. It's a Sky Potato, it's a Fuzz, and it's a Go Faster Strike production. All three together. It's amazing we get on so well. We haven't fallen out yet. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thanks very much for listening to um, my podcast. If you have enjoyed it, why not come and see me on tour? I'm touring my show Happy Now from February through to June 2016. Go to richtaring.com slash gigs or richtaring.com slash happy underscore now slash tour. And you can get all the dates for that. I'm almost certainly coming somewhere near you. It'd be lovely to see you at a gig and you could see me doing proper comedy rather than this made up rubbish. I'm good. I'm genuinely good at comedy, at stand up and stuff. Honestly, come and see. If you don't like it, I'll give you £2 back at the end. Okay, thanks for listening. Goodbye.